Welcome, affiliated listeners, to another episode of the Affiliated Podcast. Today, Thomas and I are going to be doing a solo episode, but we're talking about, honestly, this is like <laughs> the most prototypical thing yeah. that comes out every <laughs> single podcast that talks about something. But we want to talk about the trends that we see or foresee into 2023. I guess we can't actually see any trends because they're future forecasting, but we are going to be talking about that specifically around traffic trends, conversion trends, and some technology trends we want you to be paying attention to. Before we jump into that, though, first, Thomas, how are you doing today? Oh, gosh, good. How's your energy? Uh, Mine's obviously hot. (laughs) Mine's more potential still. (laughs) Good. This room is insanely hot, so. It is. It is. Yeah, but that's why we're going to do some hot topics. Yeah. Yeah, hot topics, hot trends, and a lot of sweat, but you don't smell that. Because it's a podcast, so we're good. We're good. Everything's fine. Well, let's jump into and starting things off. We really want to talk, I think, um, uh, the to start things off is conversion trends. Yeah. Some things that we're seeing change a little bit. And kind of what I mean just to find the conversion trends is, um, you know, a couple years back, it was the high production VSL, particularly with like, you know, full screen vertical was a big trend. We saw change conversions. Um, they're still being used. And I think even going to next year, we started to see just the dramatic point of view um, VSL. That was a big thing that happened last year, right? So that being said, there are going to be different tactics and things that will most likely come out this year. And the question is what? What will they be? <laughs> what the heck is so, it? So <laughs> with yeah. that, Thomas, what are some of the things that you're seeing or at least you you forecast might become a big thing Then when we do the same episode next year, we'll be like, remember that? <laughs> no, I think... I, f- I focus less on like the, I guess, the marketing elements. I'm really curious to see what you've been noticing in that side, like a VSL versus TSL or style of page. I think, you know, the podcast VSL has gotten really popular in the Don't last little while. Don't steal what I'm going to say. Oh, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I predict the podcast VSL. Oh! <laughs> that was a prediction. He just snuck it in. <laughs> yeah. But what I've been really keep trying to keep track on is more like the data side, like what prices are, you know, kind of trending. And what I'm still shocked by is that the AOVs are continued to go up. Mm-hmm. Right, like the especially in the supplement space, I thought we'd kind of hit like a market cap almost on like the max you could get an AOV to, but now we're seeing offers just kick that to the curb. Yeah, know? right. So you're seeing AOVs get up to two eighty over three hundred dollars, right, for some of these top offers yeah. that are going up, and conversions aren't that much lower on them, mm. right? So it's like, I think if you're a marketer looking at your business in 2023, you can probably look at what can I do to bundle, even if you're not a supplement, right? What can I look to bundle? What can I do to make a higher ticket offer on my original offer page. That's a little higher average order value enticing. There's a lot more in it. Maybe like it's almost that Alex Hermosi question, right? How is it so good? Do you feel stupid saying no to, right? So if you have your bare minimum product that you're featuring, is there a even better product you can feature next to it that drives more people to that? Like can you just raise prices and drive inflation up even more. Like can you contribute to that problem? But that's, yeah. We well, bring up a good point from a buyer consumer mm-hmm. um, standpoint, which is people are already whether they want to or not are getting comfortable with higher prices. They're so forced to be, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, again, whether they want to or not, it's happening. So everything like five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> everything is so expensive. But when everything's so expensive. I would say you actually have two opportunities. Um, price movement should happen for you, either up or down, yeah. right? Because at the same time, you can now come in at a really strong economical method. So I'd tell you where AOVs are going up and prices are going up, you also have the opportunity to increase your conversions by lowering that price or the AOV with a relatively static movement in your conversions by increasing that price. So I think there's dual opportunity there. Um, the other thing I would say is this is something that I've been putting out there for people to use. Um, if you're trying to increase that overview with your upsells, is talk about what we're all experiencing. Every single person in the world's experiencing prices go up. 
So we really do have real scarcity, what feels like very real scarcity, not in terms of quantity like we experienced in 2020 and 2021, but in terms of price. So I would start shifting your marketing and say, hey, lock in your price now. We don't know how much longer it's going to go. So buy the six pack because this price or buy the you know seven pack or eight pack because I can only lock in this price right now. I know I'm going to have to increase in the future. And I just don't know how much. Do you know that average consumer products have increased 25% over the last six months? Again, this is not a real <laughs> metric. I just made it up. Please don't make it up yourself. <laughs> There's probably a real metric like that that you could pull. But you put that number in there, people are going to be like, oh, man, I really got to buy it right now. And I would, even in, I would even suggest you're seeing impulsive buying behavior because of that, because people are worried about what the forecast of price is going to be for them or what their purchasing power is going to be in six months from now. Um, so I do think those are definitely things, and price is a, a good one to look at. On the the VSLs you mentioned, um, I think the way that I'd say is we're seeing there's we're definitely at the point where we're starting to see saturation with the high production of VSLs. The countdown of like boop 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 oh oh my gosh what happened I can't believe you know and it was like something like that right I was wondering how long you'd go with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, again <laughs> now I'm not saying these don't work they still very much yeah. work they serve the saturation just means yeah yeah it means we're getting to a point that all of a sudden the gains that we had are starting to kind of not be as drastic very incremental yeah, yeah so now all of a sudden it used to be like a 25 a 30 a 50 100% lift to your conversions mm, 10 15 it's not as dramatic the cost of getting a producer is still really high, but what that tends to tell me is there needs to be a new method in the VSL um, or just in marketing in general. So some things and trends that I'm seeing or at least forecasting is one of the things that this is a consistent trend. When marketing doesn't look like marketing, it does really, really well. So I think the, this will be the year of the podcast VSL. Now, we haven't seen a lot of these, but the ones we have seen have done incredibly well, selling very high-ticket stuff. Um, the first one we saw was Scott Phillips and his crypto offer. Which, from my understanding, is still doing well, which mm -hmm. is shocking given yeah, what happened to crypto. He modeled like the James Altour, like the Aurora offer that was like the podcast. It mm -hmm. wasn't, it was less podcast, it was more like 60 minutes interview, right? Yeah, yeah. but theirs was very much so a podcast. It gotcha. looked like a podcast, yeah. it felt like a podcast, but theirs yeah. was a fake podcast. So, my version of this, where I think we could be really, really effective, um, and the, what, I, what I target is like, hey, is a podcast VSL right for me? I would say, is your product complicated? Does it need more time? Do we need to build stories? Do we need more information? Is the price point going to be a little bit lower? So I've been seeing a lot more of these high ticket, uh, more expensive supplements. And it's really challenging because they can't compete with the dramatic story. But what they can do is talk about how their product is so much better. What, understand the science behind it. Why there's yeah. this elevated price point. Well, I need time to do that. And um, I bring up again, I know this is a really long drawn answer, but podcasts and done research, they showed that seven, I think it was 60 to 70% of podcast listeners said they made a high ticket buying decision based on what they heard on a podcast. Mm -hmm. And they directly attributed that buying decision to what they heard on a podcast. So we know that people trust that medium. We know that they're making buying decisions off that medium. Yet that medium isn't being utilized in performance marketing hardly at all. I won't go into all the reasons why. If you ever are curious, please reach out to me. I could tell you why podcasting is so hard to advertise to. But what I encourage people to do is there's a lot of small podcasts out there that are, that are good, but they don't have a ton of downloads. Go grab one of those people. They fit in your vertical or whatever target demographic you have and say, hey, would you like more traffic to your audience? I'm sure they'd say, yes, I would love more podcast listeners. Awesome. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to record a podcast episode with you, but it's going to be 
mildly scripted. I say mild because you don't want to script it and make it seem inauthentic, but you need to have it follow a flow and a script, and you're going to make it look, it's going to be a sales page. It's going to have a CTA at the end, but you're going to drive traffic to a real podcast, and it'll still be on a dedicated page, but the podcast exists. And why I think this is so critical is we want to make it seem like this is in a piece of marketing. Now, all my, my swipes and everything and my ads are, watch this episode. We do micro content on it. It could be put cut up into reels from the actual episode that you did. It feels organic. It's, I'm already consuming it all the time. Like if you were targeting males that are 35 and older, I, that's my age, right? <laughs> Make it look like a Rogan podcast, yeah. right? And I the amount of reels that are sending me Rogan content because I'm a male is a lot. Yeah. So a male well, like that- saying the, the real like content MMA, piece, right? like yeah. people are used to consuming podcasts in micro video form now by like, you scroll through TikTok, you see like part one of this podcast. And yeah. Then, a few videos later, you see part two and tomorrow you see part three, right? So yeah. it's like they're used to consuming podcasts in the short form chunk, which just means that if you're doing it in more of a sales letter format, if you have that like back and forth hard cut, like on mobile, especially like we yeah. saw that big VSL shift in mobile. If you have that in a podcast format, it's very engaging. It can snap back and forth quickly. You can have that tied in and you can sell some really high ticket stuff. I think, yeah. what, I mean, we had Chad Tackett on the podcast a few mm -hmm. episodes ago, right? He's selling a $5,000 weight loss coaching program yeah. for a podcast VSL. And listen, yeah. I think you could do it with supplements. You could do mm -hmm. it with BizOp and I am, which yeah. we'll transition in a second. It's just to me, that medium is probably lower production than it would be to do what we talked about with the 60 minute style interview. Still very viable. I would recommend that's another one that um, could do really well, especially if your demos start to lean more towards 55 plus. Um, we've seen that, especially in conservative Midwestern markets, which are one of the biggest ones for direct response, um, those markets don't trust mainstream media, but they only know mainstream media. So if you make it look like mainstream media, but they know that it's not, we're adopting credibility. <laughs> the InfoWars model. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want to, mm -hmm. again, this is not a political statement. Boy, they got a lot of attention with some crazy ideas. I'm pretty sure your supplement you're selling isn't as extreme as lizard people controlling everything. So you might have a really good stance to grow and get conversions doing that. I just think that method, again, very viable, probably a little bit more expensive because you need a lot of production. You need to make it look like um, a real news article, at least for the lead, and then go into probably a slide afterwards. But the podcast VSL, I think you could probably, you could get somebody to host, have that talent, build an organic podcast that already exists. So then when people go to it, they see it's a real podcast. So you already seem more legitimate, right? Um, and they're going to enjoy the free traffic increase. And you're going to have a really nice piece of creative that most likely will last for a long time because it looks like organic content. We know that always is the best form of sales. When people think they're not being sold to, you're going to get the best conversion. So I think that's uh, something I keep putting out there for people to go do. Uh, Scott's the only one that I know that has done it, but I think when, when yeah, people start playing at... around, we can come up with, it'll be a really, really crazy effective way, in my opinion, to, to sell something for those that figure I would, it out. I would agree. Just as, just like I predicted. Yeah. Before, yeah. yeah. Before <laughs> What's your yeah. prediction? <laughs> I guess I'll go with the news one that I'm less <laughs> excited about. So no, um, I agree. I've seen like a, some of the bigger e-com brands and like the Nutra space, they do similar stuff. Like with Joe Rogan, for example, they'll use him on talking about their product and like in the micro format on TikTok, especially or Instagram reels. On the VSL side, I actually, I'm going to, I do have a prediction there. Okay. I, yeah. I think... I don't know if it's going to be soon or later in 2023 or if we'll see 2024 more kick off with this, but I think the choose your own adventure VSL interactive VSL. Yeah. yeah. I think the interactive choose your own adventure, whatever you want to call it. I think you've been talking Vitalytics about this a little bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> well that, that got me thinking about it, but Rich Sheffrin had someone on his steal his winners mm -hmm. um, or steal your winners uh, series. Um, I can't remember who off the top of my head right now, but they were, they've been doing this 
for ages. Um, jo- uh, oh, blonde brothers on YouTube. Who are those guys? Oh, Paul. The, yeah, Paul the Logan brothers. brothers. Yes. The Logan brothers have been doing this on one of their channels. Paul brothers. Yeah. Paul brothers. Yes. The Paul. Logan Paul is one of those. Logan Two Paul first brothers. names. Very understanding. Very hip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they've been doing this on some of their channels on just their organic content, right? Where you're going through a YouTube video and then you get the YouTube cards that slide up and you want this or this. And you can kind of follow it. I think we're with what Patrick's doing with Vitalytics, right? They're testing out this new feature for the choose your own adventure style. And you're almost taking the quiz funnel, but into an interactive video. Yeah. Now the, the production of that hurts my brain a little bit because now you need to multiply your VSL by how many times you split it up and math is confusing to me. So that part confuses me and how you actually model that out. But the potential of that engaging VSL, if you take like what numerology does with their funnels, if you take like the interactive stuff on YouTube, you're seeing combine the marketing message on YouTube and how you can bring someone through and talk directly to them or at least much more likely to them through that video VSL journey. I'm really excited to see what that could do to conversions. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I will say for, um, if anyone's curious, we actually do have a product right now that's that's working on this and has one. It's a, it's a um, CBN product. So if you even already want something slightly different <laughs> for, for a sleep product, for those who aren't familiar, Get Sleeply is the the nickname. But yeah, I, I, I do think I'm really interested to see how that goes because I agree with you. That could be a really powerful tool, particularly because you could actually start your VS. So getting into like traffic trends a little bit, um, we've seen that Facebook has become incredibly challenging. It's gotten worse as the year's gone on. And a lot of that, I go back to the podcast we did with Claire Winslow, mm-hmm. where because they don't have third-party data refining their data, all that all their targets are wrong. They're, just not, they don't, they're not good. Yeah. That's why I even see affiliates ask for what looks like audiences. I'm like, you should not. It's, it's, not, <laughs> it's just going to waste money for you. And we've seen a lot of affiliates that were relying on that or media buyers are relying on that just – they can't do anything and they can't make it work. Um, but with that idea of a video review campaign, if you started building videos that were interactive that you could then put and just pay video views on for smart, um, short content, and then when they select something, they now choose their own adventure, keep it within the platform. Maybe it goes to a different post. And now you could really start creating these funnels that it's actually interactive from ad all the way to sales, to sales page. page yeah. um, and, you know, if anything, it's an enhanced model of what Natural Health Sherpa used to do with the metabolic quiz, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, that had, I think, 26 variants or 30-some-odd different sales pages they would drive it to. So, yes, there's a huge burden on that, but when you get it to work, I bet it's going to kick ass. So I'm excited to see that. And I know I'm not supposed to swear, but I did because I'm that excited. Gosh <laughs> darn it. So, um, well, that, that's uh, super exciting trends. I think... Um, Kind of, I don't know if this is conversion or traffic. It's a little bit of both. But the one thing I kind of mentioned too is I do think we're going to see a big rise of biz op and IM this year. Somewhere mm-hmm. we talked about with inflation. Um, I meant. Yeah. Why do you, I largely agree with you? But why do why do you think? That? Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I anticipate in Q one um, we're going to see a, a large shift in American um, economics. We're going to see unemployment start to rise. We've seen we've already seen signs of it. A lot of these companies built their business models in unnormal times and now things are normalizing and they're not, you know, we're having a bit of a regression, whatever it might be, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, there are companies not making enough money. They're losing money and costs are going up everywhere. And um, I think unemployment is the next thing that we're going to see fall. Housing slowed down a lot, a lot, right? So unemployment will be on the rise next. But one of the things why I think BizOp and I am is going to be so critical isn't just because of unemployment, we're going to be entering an unprecedented job market as these big companies don't want employees to be remote anymore. 
and employees have unifiedly yeah, decided they don't want to go back <laughs> to the office. And that is going to create conflict that will breed opportunity for BizOp and IM products. Because now, you know, whether it's your retirement account doesn't look like good anymore and you still want to retire, here's a way to work from home because, you know, inflation market, blah, blah, blah. Or it's, you know, you've learned the taste and the freedom of remote work. Here's a way to keep it going without having to go back to the the jobs that are requesting it. So I think it's going to be a huge opportunity. I do think price point will be really interesting in that um, and something to pay attention to. Um, but I mean, we just saw recently our um, a big IM launch with a very high ticket, mm -hmm. three grand for yep, the entry grand. point. Record-breaking sales for us. It was insanely successful. So um, I just think there's a huge appetite for that. People are really hungry to side hustle, and we're about to meet an economic yeah. force that's going to accelerate that. Yeah, greatly. as you were talking about Stephen Aiden's launch, right? Yeah. yeah. So like, I went down to one of their events in Vegas and spoke there with some of their students that had flown in for it. This was right when COVID was starting to lift and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked at the buyer type that was there, I guess their, their average customer that was there, maybe not the average, above average, you'd say. A lot of them were successful career people that were just looking for something else to do. Yeah. Right. And they were like, oh yeah, I know I, I make double six figures at this you know, <laughs> big company. I'm just a little bored with it. I want something else to do as I sunset into retirement kind of thing. I'm like, huh, this is a very different biz op customer mm -hmm. that I've ever experienced before. Usually it's that person's like, I, this is my last paycheck, right? Like <laughs> I need this to work kind of thing. Yeah. But I think you're seeing these marketers level themselves up and kind of market to a less, what's the term? Like a, uh, someone, it's less, yeah. Yeah. It's, they can actually leverage their skills or competent people, right? They, they actually know and have trust in themselves. They have disposable income. They can, you know, $3,000 product. They can see the value in it. And it's not like this big thing hanging over their head and then go, yeah, this makes sense for me. Well, I think, the great thing is there that's going to be a huge demographic to market to, mm -hmm. right? Especially since if you think about unemployment, those might be really affected um, populations, right? Like, hey, you're getting close to retirement. You're probably top of the wage scale for you because you know that, you know, statistically, when you hit 45, those are your prime income earning years. So if you're 45 plus, you're most likely at the peak of whatever your company will offer you if you're working corporate. And they have slimmer margins, rising costs, and they need to get rid of people you're probably a high target for that. So those would be really good people to focus on as well as the older you are in a demographic or, you know, closer to retirement, the more affected you are by, you know, inflation. So already these are probably more sensitive individuals um, to that market. So, yeah, I, I, again, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think if you're going high ticket, that's the people to, to go after. If you're going lower ticket, again, a huge audience, but you're probably going to go after more of the desperate Oh no, you don't want to go back into <laughs> work. It's like you've seen like the Uber, Uber Eats, like those yeah. type, the gig economy, I guess. You've yep. seen that shift in a really weird way in the last 18 months or so, right? Where it's like, you used to like, yeah, I make pretty good money driving Uber. And now it's like these, the whole tipping thing that's been going on with Uber Eats and stuff like that. Like that whole culture shifted quite a bit mm -hmm. since when it used to be like, that's actually a pretty good way to make some side income for someone. Now it's just like, I don't know. Is that a good way to make something? Yeah. Like it's like yeah. people are like, oh, it's, the money's actually not that good. Like yeah. it's tough. Because like when you realize when companies that are funded don't care about profits have to start making profits, all yeah. of a sudden it's not as good anymore. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> when they didn't care about making yeah, money. So that was the great. gig economy is shifting right now. Yeah. Like everything's a little bit in flux. Yeah. Yeah. So I, with those flux and variants, though, we've seen demand is there, right? So now fill, fill the need. Um, because the current markets aren't going to fill it. So yeah. that that's a, a, project, a, a projection. A prediction. That's a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that's a prediction of um, definitely what I'd see. And I think one thing to bring up too, 
there hasn't been um, a depth of these products being created. So I do think there's another really good opportunity of more of them to be created, at least that we've seen on ClickBank and in the direct yeah. response world. So, um, and the great thing is almost any marketer could make one. I think, I mean, too, like, you know, to get a little, not to try to be overly scary, but the FTC has been aiming at sites at some of the more aggressive biz op sellers, mm -hmm. right? The, um, even just the bigger scale people too. So I think you're kind of seeing people like going, hmm, like, is this a space I want to create an offer in? But I think you're seeing the offers that do come out are being sold in a really, I don't know, there's still like the big aggressive webinar and that's, I don't think going to go away, but yeah. you're seeing some very unique things come out from people and how they're actually marketing these products and how they're actually delivering the offers to begin with. Yeah. Um, like kind of going to another prediction, I guess I'd say, which I don't know if it's conversion focus or not, but it's like the community aspect. Yeah. You saw community be a big buzzword last year. In 2022, I think it's going to continue to be one going to 2023. Kajabi has just launched like a beta for their community aspect. You've got Circle. You've got one that I'm not going to remember off the top of my head right now. We've got all these like startup kind of community focused tech platforms for people to build communities on that aren't Facebook groups, right? And people are getting frustrated with Facebook for multiple of reasons, but part of it is just that they can't control their Facebook group as much as they'd like to, but they can build a really cool experience on a discord server or in circle or in a Kajabi group or something like that and really add a lot of value to their product and continue to monetize that person in that community with different levels and kind of, you know, gated content if need be. And, but the way that you foster that community and kind of build it as part of your product can have a lot of benefits. And I think we're seeing people really lean into that. Yeah, I, the power of a micro community we've mm -hmm. realized is huge. Yeah, um, especially given that it allows you an opportunity to start isolating the content they receive, which is one of the biggest things to really maximize your LTV, right? And I know this is odd because this is a totally cult methodology, but <laughs> it works. <Yeah. laughs> like when when you can bring in, you create an engaging community, it becomes a daily part of their life. You are now a daily part of their life. You become a source of truth in whatever you're discussing, and when you have that, you have an immense amount of power to get more from them and, and hopefully provide real value. Don't, don't do this to no, do what scary, cult leaders no. do, which is just, <laughs> you know, have a bunch of sex with weird people. Like don't do that. No. But like, but at the same time, when you could become that source of truth, it's just, it's great leverage in, in providing more beneficial things yeah. and creating these great communities. And they're super high margin if you maintain. Yeah. Them. And the, I see the people that run them, right. Right. It's like they get a lot of user generated content from yeah. it. They can mine testimonials yeah. from it. You run live events out of them, yeah. right? Q and A's, whatever. You can get all this extra content out of those groups too that you can then use to market outside of those groups. Employees. Yeah. They're one mm -hmm. of the best places to get employees in this remote world. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I, that that's an amazing one. I think the technology to make that execute is is definitely really key. And we're just going to transition to our technology trends now. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, and so one other thing I think, and you actually brought this up, that I think is big in the technology side is the data that you have. We just mentioned you know, inflation. Well, inflation isn't absent of traffic um, and in general marketing. Everything's getting more expensive. When costs go up, it means data becomes a lot more valuable. Um, you don't have the soft spaces in your margins to make mistakes or to not know. And so I think from a technology perspective, getting your data in line has to be a huge trend for all business owners going into 2023. So whether that's improving your tracking um, for your media buying with like, uh, um, oh my gosh, right? Like, 
tune. It's not tune. Why can't I think of the volume, for example, would be mm-hmm. a really great source. Yeah, of volume or road with. track. Kind of those yeah, like road track. Party, those, I call them third-party trackers. I don't know yeah. if that's the right term, but yeah. Works. Like, mm-hmm. But that's huge, right? It's going to refine your data across multiple channels so you have more. Um, but then it's also working on things like your accounting. Do you know your margins? Do you know your CPA? How often are you able to evaluate hey, my allowable CPA is this. What if it was three months ago that you evaluated that? That's not good anymore. Yeah. You got to be doing that fast and rapid and just having your numbers down to a very specific point. Which is just shameless plug to ClickBank. It's one of the reasons I love our CPA reporting because you can know where you're at from an affiliate or almost traffic level of where you could break even once you feed enough data into the system. That is so valuable. And I can tell you somebody used to manually calculate that Oh, it's so nice. It eliminates so much potential risk. But I think, again, it's not just that. It's operationally knowing all your costs is going to be so critical. In no, it's the, the back end infrastructure of your business, right? And I know platinum, average platinum ClickBank user listening to this, that you don't know your numbers as well as you think you do, because I talk with y'all constantly. And not that I know my numbers any better, but it's a little scary looking at <laughs> asking some questions of these platinum clients. And it's like, Oh, they don't know their numbers as think as they do, as good as they think they do. And just having that clarity on your daily profit and loss, your weekly, your monthly, like being able to back that into traffic and affiliate and whatever that is, you can likely pay more to affiliates without even realizing it and mm-hmm. scale even faster. You just didn't know you could because you think you've got less margin than you do. Or the scary is the flip side when you've been overpaying and you realize that, oh, I'm actually burning through cash without realizing it because the bank account looks good. So yep. On the data side, gosh, lots of, I mean, fully accountable, better wealth. There's lots of kind of people in the space that can help kind of back into that. Mm -hmm. I've seen Praxis mentioned before on a tech side, right, to kind of help build customer reporting if you're big enough and kind of need that kind of data Mm -hmm. level. So it's very much worth playing some defense and getting that all buttoned up so you can play more offense. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, other people that follow that podcast and also do great with Shockwave Solutions with Travis and Emma, they do a lot to to save in the margins. But Given that we're going to go, I think that we'll, we'll feel like a very competitive shift in time. Mm-hmm. Um, those numbers are going to matter. They yeah. always matter, well, but I feel like, like they're going to extra matter. Yeah, well, I feel like now. when you know the whole Facebook iOS thing shook down and like the whole first or third party data has gotten very murky for people, it's really forced marketers to be better at having a better marketing campaign to even get people to click on an ad because it's harder to target the right people. Right, you need the interest based ads to kind of lead it. I think you're seeing the same thing on the data and operations side. Like you can't just have this like big cash flow business anymore. Like that's maybe still possible some traffic sources, but everything's gotten more expensive. And now you're seeing people really need the people that can tidy up their numbers and button up their numbers and have a good marketing campaign can get an edge on the competition. Where whereas before it was like marketing led the charge fully. And now you kind of need the full stack in your business to be able to keep scaling. Yeah, you could have a dumpster fire in your back end operationally and be just yeah, fine. and it worked fine for a while. It probably would yeah. flame out eventually, but you could compete pretty well. Now those people flame out much faster. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's just and even I'd say things move faster when they are good than they used to. Yeah. So um, no, so definitely that is a big piece um, from technology trend. I think the community ones that you mentioned as well are going to be huge, but just how are you getting better data? Um, which I think transitions the the last thing. I think we actually kind of skipped this. It was supposed to be before technology, but we get we, we're mixing it's it our up. podcast. We do what yeah. we want. Yeah, don't <laughs> gosh, tell us gosh, what to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is traffic, traffic trends, and, and you alluded a lot, like Facebook 
and what happened with iOS and third party, it's just not what it used to be. And it never will be again. Um, but it also, to think that that's only Facebook is also be kind of ignorant of what's going to happen in traffic <laughs> um, because they were just the first. Uh, Google's working towards it. If you are confused about what Apple's trying to do, which is just lock in all the data so they could also sell it to you and open up their own ad platform, like that's the way things are going. You're going to have less and less access to third-party data, and it's going to be more specific traffic channels as we tend to see these trends shift, um, which ultimately means that the burden on ad creative starts to become content. You, I would tell you all businesses, I don't care what your business is right now, you need to have some hand in content going forward. I just don't see how the world lives where you're not creating some form of content. But Kyle, I just turn out offers. And when that stops working, I do another offer. Another yeah. offer. Yeah. <laughs> Until you have yeah. no traffic for your offer. Yeah. Um, Cause I'd say not like some form of content's going to matter. And I don't <laughs> even know where or why um, all those places it will matter. But we talked before, like video view campaigns on Facebook are way more effective than doing direct yeah. ads at this mm -hmm. point. It's probably not going to be too dissimilar to other places. So I think that continues to, to matter. Um, from a traffic channel. Outside that, um, I think traffic trends to look into. Um, I said it last year and it didn't come to be, um, but I'm going to keep saying it until it does. <laughs> I think I still think Spotify paid ads when that gets mm. figured out could be a huge traffic channel. Yeah. I think well, it's I, weird so right now. I think it, I know like I haven't seen it in the direct response space or performance marketing space, but listening to a lot of podcasts, I've noticed some the ads that are layering in now seem much more dynamic. Yeah. Know, like it's not like this like pre-recorded thing they did they had to put in. It's like this, they were going to their ad spot and then something's putting something in there. Right. Yeah, like they probably have some degree of control, but it's, it's getting it's getting yeah. much more dynamic. Mm -hmm. And it does seem like even you could get like specific ads input in there for specific parts. So it seems like it's again, I just don't think a lot of people in our industry even touched it. But no. I mentioned before, it's a huge buying opportunity. They have low minimums. Um, it's new, but I think it'd be really valuable. We saw yeah. TikTok obviously blew up. Um, no surprise there. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't like crazy to pick that trend. And um, But I still, so obviously TikTok's going to still be a very viable traffic channel, traffic source. Yeah, I think, I think you realize well. like the people that understand how to leverage these traffic platforms, people are like, oh, TikTok doesn't convert. I've come across more direct response clicking offers on TikTok in the last two weeks. Than yeah. I ever have seen, right? A lot of them are like in the survival space and it's like the self-help kind of like the woodworking stuff. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's like this user generated looking content that leads into this, like, I can't believe this is here. Right. And it goes and you swipe and you're on the survival books page. I'm like, oh, like, wow, this is just a straight up funnel. Yeah. But you can also use it more just for awareness, right? Mm -hmm. You're just kind of building up interest. You bring them into a, your link to a lander, right? Like that can, it can all be used a little differently. I think the short from video content it's getting like seeing what people are doing with it on Instagram versus YouTube shorts versus TikTok. Like you can go viral with a video on any of these platforms now with the same video Yeah, and seeing how the good uh, content creators are able to mix match like different videos and just take one that they know is probably should be viral and just the way they keep editing it a little bit until it pops. Mm -hmm. Like that's where I think they have an edge versus the performance marketer who throws up something you almost have to take split testing to short form content. Yeah. And that's been a big thing for like, that's been an aha for me when looking at the short term video content is it used to be like, you put out some content. It's gotta be really good. It's gotta be really polished. It's gotta be excellent and still has to be good, but you can repost the same TikTok video three times in a row and it's not going to matter nearly as much if you posted the same Facebook post three times in a row or yeah. blog post, right? Like this type of content you can reiterate 
and put it out there and wait for it to blow up doing these iterations where it's just a different way to think about the social media platform that we haven't had before. Yeah. Especially the way we consume it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so rant. It's not, I mean, most people on TikTok and reels I'd imagine this is not me speaking from experience. They're not going and looking at the individual users and checking all their posts. It's just a scroll of video content. What catches your mm-hmm. eye. So it is a very different medium, I think to adjust to, but Man, dude, like I see videos where they just say, I can't believe it. I, I can't believe I saw this. And I end up watching the freaking video yeah. six times <laughs> trying to see it. And I was like, Ugh, they got me. I know exactly yeah. what they're doing here. It's like the old clickbait articles that took you through yeah. 14 clicks, right? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. It's that like, it, but yeah. again, the fact that these concepts are there, I'm just sitting there thinking like the world of direct response is in TikTok. If you're not having success, you're just not looking the right pockets and doing the right things. But again, it's through content and less ads. The people I know well, that are being the most successful I'm still TikTok. With marketers in our space, yeah. like, oh, well, there's my demographics on TikTok. I'm like, are you high? Like, it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's like there's. It aged so fast. I told people, it was like, yeah. it's like, you're like 60% under 35. Yeah. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that was like a year ago. It's probably even bigger. Like, I'm sure that older demographic is even larger. Than it was before. yeah no that's they're very much your de- your demographic is very much on TikTok they're just consuming different and that's what like our Ryan Megan right he um what he speaks to is like you lead with like interest based mm-hmm. stuff right like you might not lead with pain point like you're used to yeah it might be interest based because that's what's going to bring people in and as they watch more of your content as TikTok feeds more of your content they'll get the in, the pain specific TikTok stuff. wanted to be a positive platform remember that when you're making your content yeah. mm-hmm. you know it, it is meant to be more positive and yeah. Um, interest base. So, um, so yeah, those are obviously some similar traffic trends from last year. Um, you know, outside neutral, I guess one thing we didn't really talk about here, and it's not really a traffic trend, but I would say the hybrid sales page is another mm-hmm. thing I'm anticipating. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, something that looks like it'd be on Shopify, but like an extended Shopify product page. We're using direct response tactics. You might still do some storytelling, but it's not full blown like, and then as everyone stared at her and told her, look at that fat cow, even though she didn't think they were listening, like she was, you know, like it's not built on shame and making you feel horrible. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they're still opening up more markets and using direct responses to create a high converting e-com page. I think you're going to start seeing more of that stuff because um, it it's broader demographics, broader traffic channels, um, and, you know, it, you could avoid the compliance foot from or shoe from falling on you mm-hmm. and you know potentially blowing up your campaign anyway. No, I think that's what we're realizing some brands are doing. And gosh, I've been the whole hybrid thing. I've been waiting for like four years now. That's and it's slowly been everyone's been slowly moving towards the middle yeah. a bit. Like everyone, like the industries have been moving slowly towards the middle. Um, but it just seems like, yeah, like it might be giving up a bit of conversion, right? To go a little more branded to be able to scale for a lot longer, mm-hmm. right? Versus going scale like a roller coaster initially and then kind of flame out. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what it's that question mark. I think the performance marketers and direct response marketers have to have in their head is going, do I want to build an offer or do I want to build more of a brand business? And it might be, you can do both with a brand versus with an offer, right? So if you just can build a brand with some direct response elements and different channels that way, the email, right? Sure. Go super hard via sale if you need to. Right. You're going to have and meet people at different places, depending on your traffic source and where you're kind of presenting it. But you can kind of play in both realms. And that's where going back to the social thing, you're talking about the content generation. If people can think more like a brand and how you can build something that will last for 10 plus years versus what's my next offer going to be in six months. Mm -hmm. It might be a longer road to hoe initially, but 
I think the stressors of launching an offer every six months for the right people are going to be less. Yeah. 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 Cause especially as right now, the offer demographic gets older, mm -hmm. not younger. Right. And eventually they die before they buy. Again, <laughs> right. Like as, I, and I know it sounds morbid, but that's a real, that's a reality of when you target older demographics. Now, some of the copy, it's always going to be there. Won't, you know, won't change. But I think one of the things that has held a lot of, uh, direct response marketers from going to a brand is brand marketing is really expensive. Yeah. It's very inaccessible. And we've made it that way. Like I think a lot of companies realize Do you think it's still inaccessible. Mm, I don't think it's inaccessible. I think it's just, or, um, I think yeah. brands have normally been predicated on you're able to create content mm -hmm. really, really well. And you happen to have a brand or you have so much money. You don't care about losing it. So you could just put advertising for brand awareness campaigns or refining all that most there's a lot of people that don't fall in those two categories and it's really challenging to build a brand otherwise. But that's why I think the e-com direct response yeah. hybrid, how can we create enough cash flow to self fund what otherwise is very expensive? Yeah. Like that's like that cash flow minded brand yeah. building almost. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's, that's to me what you're starting well, to see some yeah. brands do and figure out. And it's really amazing. And I think one of the things that we haven't seen yet is how do we start bringing those people that have had some success into the affiliate world to make that success go even further. Yeah. And that's the trend I'm I'm hoping for in 2023. I even have some companies I'm talking <laughs> to to really make it live, you know, but but that is something I'm hoping and, and would like to I see. I think we'll see it. Well, it's like, like, you know, chatting with, my wife launched her course the other, mm -hmm. this last month kind of thing and chatting with them, the marketing piece, like, oh, we want to build this branded experience and like, you know, we want to run like top, like uh, awareness kind of campaigns and stuff like that. I was like, but I agree that's the way we should get to, but right now with a limited budget and how tight we are to conversion, like we almost need to focus on conversions first because yeah. we need that immediate recoup on ad spend. Yeah. And then we can retarget back to, you know, branded things that mm -hmm. for the non-converters kind of deal. Right? Yeah. It's like you need to focus on that cash flow, which the, oftentimes that branded world misses sometimes mm -hmm. early on. But no, totally agree there. Something we haven't covered yet, which has been a big buzz, is... AI. Oh, let's talk about it. It's like all people are talking about I know. It everywhere. Yeah, which, yeah, we'll add our little drop in the sea of AI discussions. I right knew now. we were forgetting something. Yeah, but I'm curious on your take on AI. Like, I, um, I've heard all sides of it. I'm sure everyone has. From this is replacing every job in the world ever, and we need to be scared of the matrix happening in the next ten years, and it's going to take over everything. To it's the next, it's a fad, and it's going to go away in three months. We'll be talking about something else. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess I would look at, I'd look at AI as no different than um, NFTs and like the crypto and uh, say web three kind of stuff. And what I mean by that is we haven't, it's a little bit further along in terms of what utility will actually look like, but no one really knows yet. Yet we all know that there's core tenets of the utility of, of AI of web three that just make too much sense to say that they're going to disappear. It's more, when is it going to replace? When is it going to become mainstream? It's a when question, not an if. Um, now, what I think we need to be realistic about is what we're actually looking to replace here. Um, and I think Chris Dad even had a thing about this. Like, AI is meant to really replace the writing that none of us like doing. <laughs> even the people that are getting paid to do it right yeah. now. They're not getting paid very much, one. And, and two, it's, it's really procedural get out of the way writing ideation is going to be expanded. So now imagine if you had a sales page idea, instead of having to figure all of it out and slog through what you already know how to do, but you just hate doing it. 
AI produces all of it. And now you get a copy chief all of your own offers and you have inspiration staring at you in the face. Or I could generate, put some general ideas in there and I get like seven to 10 different headlines that I could start playing around with. It just speeds up ideation so much faster because essentially what we're doing is we're taking away that step where we've all been blocked as marketers, copywriters, <laughs> and we're like, ah, what do I do? And what do we end up doing? We go to Facebook, we go to the internet, we go to local areas and look at marketing that we want to replicate and be inspired by. All this does is eliminate that entire step and we just type something into an interface and it scrapes the entirety of the world and spits out what everyone else is already doing in some cohesive way. Um, now we could take that and be inspired. I think that is not gonna go away. I think it's gonna get better. Um, I don't really think that we're ever gonna, well, it, let me put this way. If we let machines take over all these jobs and they just run everything, I don't. our life's going to look so different anyway, so I, I don't know how it means anything. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, people are like, ah, oh, the Matrix is going to happen. It's like, well, if it's going to happen, I'm not going to stop it because it's already happened. So why not just take advantage of what we do know and how it could benefit us, yeah. which eliminating your ideate, like speeding up your ideation, eliminating the parts that aren't really critical, like deck copy, and pretty much getting rid of most of that, I don't see the downside to that unless you are currently predicated on doing low-skilled work for low amounts of dollars. And if you're in that position, yeah, like anybody that's ever had to deal with mechanization technology, you're always at risk. You know, typewriter salesmen were really at risk for a while, <laughs> um, and and you're gonna have to shift. So that that's real. But at the end of the day, like that's always an inevitability in any any job you're at. If you're in a low-skilled, replaceable job right now, like yeah, you know, maybe truck driver's not a great 30-year career plan. So no, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think the I think what we're gonna see, what we're already kind of seeing is like a plurif proliferation. That's not the right word. Proliferation. Um of <laughs> that is the word. That's the word. <laughs> yeah, mushmouth. Um of AI generated content trying to get passed off as copy chiefed reviewed content. Yeah. Right. I'm already seeing on Reddit some of the stuff I scroll through and I open up something with like one comment and it's like this is an AI generated content like response. Mm -hmm. Someone just took the title to this question, put it in chat GDP and threw it back as a response. Like it's structured in this weird way. I'm like, someone doesn't write like this, especially on yeah. Reddit. Um, and that I think is what we need to be mindful of in this near term is not trying to overuse AI mm, to reduce all our work or something, yeah. right? That's where you're gonna see brands fall on their face and yeah. That kind of thing, it, but exactly. If you can take it, get help it, get good enough with it, or train someone in your company good, to get good enough with it to get you to eighty to ninety percent good with the prompts you're putting in, and that's the skill that I think people are missing out on. If you get really good at getting it the right prompts, now you're a power user, and you can mm -hmm. get that. You can market that skill ten x over to any brand, right? Yeah. So if you can be a good prompter to AI to get the right prompts, whether it's visual or the actual copy piece or for future reference video when we get to that element of it. Um, that's going to be the superpower there. And then taking that 80 to 90% good enough content to 100 to 110% with a good copy editor yeah. is where you're going to see the big lifts happen. And then, totally. like you said, the speed of split testing is crazy. Yeah, that's, if you want to, I need 12 different subject lines. Boom, right. Yeah. And even if they're yeah. all trashed, you could take them and go, yeah, but I could That's write an this interesting one idea. Yeah, yeah. I like where you're going. It could be better. Plug that way. one back in as a prompt and get 12 more, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'd say you're, you're right. No matter what, it's it's opportunity. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, what you just described is probably the trend part where people are going to say it's trendy is when you see bad users that are yeah. going to be obvious. And people are going to focus on that. Similar to what we saw. 
I think what you saw with crypto, it was primarily built off a speculative market. Well, that is just going to collapse time and time again, um, but didn't entirely collapse because there's something else underlying. And same with AI. We will probably see a huge backlash in AI over this year. I think that's what you see. You see too many people use it badly, and then people are gonna, there's going to be a huge portion of people that reject it because of that. Um, and then all the smart people that use it correctly, then now we don't even know that AI is being used. And they're going to go through and they're going to be the ones that capture that opportunity appropriately um, and make a ton of money off of it. So, um, yeah, you're totally, I think it's an amazing tool. Like, I'm excited mm -hmm. for it. But Yeah, this is out of my realm, but just hearing or seeing what can do with, like, code and, like, writing apps or, like, that yeah. kind of thing is pretty remarkable. So, like, and that's where the doom and gloom people get a little freaked out where it's, like, AI learns on itself and the more you put into it, the faster it learns and it can start to like manipulate people. I'm like, Oh my God, that's terrifying. But yeah, I mean, I've <sighs> seen, I've seen some stuff that could definitely scare you. And especially sure. when you start turning up some of the, some of the stuff that they do, right. It is alarming. But again, guys, it's, it's here no matter what, like yeah. if you want to put your tin, you know, start freaking out about the conspiracy. It's a, it's a great tool happen. you can use right now to speed up your content production. Yeah, and, right? yeah. It's like, like, yeah. Don't get caught up in what mm -hmm. you can't control. Just focus on what you can and do the best with it. You know, you might need a lot of money to buy a bunker, so maybe use some AI to help get your copy up faster and better. <laughs> and then bunker schematics for North Idaho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a place I would, I think there's probably some bunkers you could already there's find. There's many up there. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, so guys, again, like hopefully this is definitely an exciting thing as we look into 2023 and some of the trends, whether it's AI, whether it's a different type of VSL, whether it's technology. I want to hear what business. other people are seeing out there. Yeah. Yeah. We're only two. Yeah. We're only two people, but I'm really curious what our listeners are hearing out there and, or what they're seeing or predicting and, where, especially if you disagree. I want to yeah, know. Yeah, please wrong. put your yeah. hot takes about what you don't like. Because the last trend we yeah. didn't talk about is is me and straight bill hats this I was gonna year. Say, yeah, I don't going. know if it's going to be a trend. I'm not quite sure. Um, this is really just bad. Yeah, you can pull it off. Am yeah. I? Okay. Because yeah. I feel like a tool, if I'm being honest. No, I no, you, no, you look good. It's like uh, I'm, I'm not a pop culture person, so I can't pull off a name. I can picture who you remind me of. It's, uh, well, if it's a yeah. Kyle, it's probably someone chugging Monster. And I'm just <laughs> that now. You're like, oh, you seem like your stereotype. Yeah. I'm glad you've embraced it. Looks like um, you still skateboard kind of well. <laughs> it's like. I'd yeah. like people to think that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, so yeah, uh, we'd love to hear the trends. Put it on the comments. Email us. Let us know what you disagree with or what you also see. Um, so if you're watching this video right now, look down in the comments and see what other things are coming out there because there's definitely a lot of exciting stuff. The last thing I'd caution, though, trends are exciting. It's cool to see what could be coming up next. And we want to do all the things that come up next but a fractured business is one that's normally failing. So make sure to temper your expectations or excite, I should say temper your excitement, pick one trend, one path, and don't forget about what's gotten you here um, when you start trying to new, th new things. So just want to put it out there. We all see the people are like, this is the future, and they jump in, and then you missed, and you might be holding a lot of crypto that you bought at a really expensive price, because my you coin get base up wallet is sad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, again, I just always like to put that out there that, you know, don't get too crazy with trends and forecasts. That being said, enjoy the ones we talked about. And until next time, happy scaling. Hey. Thanks, guys.